Hey, hello everyone. I have a question to start with. Have you ever found yourself on a road that you never expected? You know, I, life's a lot like that, don't you think? You know, we turn down one road expecting to wind up at a particular place, but oftentimes we end up on a place or a road that, well, I, I, a destination I, I didn't think I'd ever wind up here. You know, we thought that road that we would take would, would wind up at a different destination. And it's frustrating, you know, and sometimes it can be scary when where you are, we're like, this is not where I want to be. You know, a couple days after the crucifixion and death of Jesus, two of his followers were very despondent. And they were walking down a road towards a little village called Emmaus, which actually means hot springs. They encounter the stranger on the walk, and they start discussing the events that have taken place um, in Jerusalem over the last few days after watching Jesus be crucified. And here's what they said to the stranger. Now, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke 24. And uh, this is Luke 24, 21. They said, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped that if we went down this road of following him, all right, he was going to set up a new earthly kingdom, you know, and uh, he was going to redeem our people, and we'd be on the ground floor of this whole new kingdom. But this road has not taken us where we thought it would. Now, I want you to just think about this phrase, but we were hoping. My guess is that all of you at one time or other have thought of something just like there's something very similar. I was hoping, I had hoped that this career, I had hoped that this position, this promotion, this investment, okay, would be the one that I've always dreamed of. I had hoped, boy, she was the one, right? She was the one that I would walk down the aisle with. Oh, but I, I, I had hoped that our marriage would last forever. You know, many times we hope that going down a particular road will lead us to a particular place, but often it doesn't. We always seem to wind up, not always, but a lot, we wind up somewhere else. Let me share a story with you. One day a father decides to take his three kids to a local ice skating rink. They hadn't been there before, but there was a party going on, so he was taking his kids there. And so as they're driving along, he, he gets lost. He can't, he can't find his way. And so finally, he just pulls over to the side of the road and he goes, okay, kids, let's just pray. So the kids all got together and they prayed and they finally arrived at the ice skating rink an hour late. Well, the following week, they got all back into the car again and they were going to a different event. And the little five-year-old boy turns to his dad and he says, hey, dad, let's pray now and save some time, okay? One of the things that often happens to us in life is what I like to call losing our way along the way. Now, as someone who has lost his way along the way many times, can I tell you firsthand experience? It's generally for four reasons, and that's what I want to share with you. Four reasons of how we can lose our way along the way. Well, here's reason number one. Sometimes we lose our way along the way because of just some bad directions. You know, maybe you're given directions from a friend who said, boy, if you just find that right person in life, oh, if, if, if you go down that road, you're going to end up being happy, right? So you start traveling down the road, right? And you're looking for that right person. 
believing, boy, if I find that person, my life is going to be happy. Well, you find what you thought was the right person, and you get married, and then you become disappointed because, well, they didn't make me happy like I thought they would. And so what do you think you're thinking then at that moment? Well, you must probably think, well, I must have traveled down the wrong road. <laughs> Maybe I should have made a right turn back at that intersection back there. Or as uh, Bugs Bunny used to say, maybe I made a wrong turn in Albuquerque, you know. Uh, maybe you travel down the road of investments. You know, your broker tells you, oh, man, this, this is a sound investment. you got to have that. Or maybe it's the road of just uh, starting a business. Maybe you're expanding one. All the signs point that this is the right road. Go straight ahead. Go for it. But the road comes to a dead end. Or maybe it just makes a sharp turn. And you're left with thoughts of, must have got some bad directions. Well, and then there's reason number two. You may lose your way along the way morally. You know, if you were found the directions given to you that if, well, if two consenting adults, you know, experience some chemistry between them, that sex, well, is naturally going to lead to wonderful things, right? I mean, hey, it has to. After all, you watch just about everybody else travel down the road. <laughs> You thought, boy, if you could go down this road and wake up with this particular person, that would just be great. You can walk and say, boy, I'm sure glad I slept with him, or I'm sure glad I slept with her. But now you find yourself down a road with a lot of regrets, a lot of hurts, complications. Or how about the time you thought there was a shortcut you could take? Maybe you could just stretch the truth to get you out of a sticky situation. Or maybe you made some little changes to the company's books, or maybe those tax returns you filed weren't exactly <laughs> accurate. Or how about this? You have a sensual conversation, you know, flirting with a coworker, just telling yourself, hey, this is harmless. You know, it's harmless. This won't affect the road that I'm on. But now when you look at yourself in the mirror, you don't even like the person that you're looking at anymore. And then there's reason number three. Maybe you've lost your way along the way vocationally. You know, the world's telling you, if, if you're in the right career, okay, then you'll be making some really good money and you'll become important and people will recognize you, you know, the, and they'll think you're important and you'll be, have satisfaction in your life. So you chase the dream, all right? And you got the education and you landed the position, but the road has not taken you where you thought it would. And you're not content, and you're not fulfilled, and you dread every day going to work in this professional field. And then there's reason number four. Maybe you've lost your way along the way spiritually. You'd hoped you'd be fine on the road that just says, you know what, I just need a little bit of God in my life, okay, just in case there's a, a crisis, you know, an emergency. So I'll go to church a couple times a year, you know, I'll say hello to God, you know, hello God, and just to keep him nearby, you know, for those 911 moments, you know. And then you start thinking to yourself, boy, I'm pretty hypocritical. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like saying, yes, God, you know what, I... You can be the God of my life when I'm in the hospital. Maybe when I'm going to go be getting some surgery or 
a relationship that I'm in is falling apart or I'm having some financial crisis. Maybe you're launching that new business. But other than that, God, I'll be in charge of my life other than that. So thank you very much just when I need you, just when I call upon you. Friends, one time or another, haven't all of us lost our way along the way because of some bad directions? You know, we didn't see the signs, right? You know what I'm talking about? We didn't see the signs that said, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. Wrong way. Go back. All right. But you know what the problem was? And at least I have found this in my life. I was just too focused on the way of the world. So I got another question for you. Can you have the right directions and still lose your way along the way? You can if you're moving too fast. You can miss the turn and drive right by it. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been just flying down the road and you missed the turn about four miles back and go, oh, I missed that turn. I was just going too fast. Don't miss this. You can't, experience, you can't experience new directions from God about your situation if you're just moving too fast. Remember those two guys that we were just looking at on the road to, of, of Emmaus, the ones that lost their way? Remember where they said, but we had hoped to remember that? We thought if we went down this road that the results would be so much different, that following this Jesus, everything would have taken us a different place, but now Jesus is dead, now we don't know what to do? Friends, this is the story that I have heard over and over and over and over again, and it's almost always the same. I went down this road, I had this experience, and now I'm sorry. Or, you know, I was moving so fast down this one road, I totally missed the new one that God wanted me to take. And now can I tell you, I'm sorry. So, what do you do when you lose your way along the way? What did these two guys on the road of Emmaus do? What all of us need to do periodically in our lives, we need to step back and we need to realign. You know, many vehicles, obviously almost all of them now, are equipped with navigation systems, right? I mean, they're great. Anytime you need help, anytime you need directions, you right, you push the button on your dash or on your mirror and voice comes on and says, hey, where do you want to go? You tell them where you want to go and bingo, how can I help you? And there you are. Wouldn't it be great? that if in our life we had a navigation system, you know, that every time we got lost, every time we had a decision, we didn't know what to make, what to do next, every time we needed help, all we had to do was push a button. Maybe it's right here inside your head. Push the button, bingo, and you got the answer you needed. You see, these two hopeless followers of Jesus on the road to Emmaus, they lost their way, and they didn't think they would ever find their way again. Did you ever have that? But what they didn't know and what God hadn't allowed them at that moment to realize that the time that the stranger they were with talking to on the road actually was their navigation system. I mean, it was Jesus himself. You see, Jesus is our navigation system. He's the global positioning system for our soul. Let me say it again. You know, Jesus is that global positioning system for our soul. 
through the Holy Spirit, working in and through us and navigates us. And most importantly, the Holy Spirit realigns us, readjusts our lives. You see, these followers of Jesus, they didn't even realize that they were in the presence of Jesus. Excuse me for a second. Do you know when they realized eventually that who, who was sitting right there in front of them? It was when they slowed down. When they slowed down. The Bible says this. Let me read this to you. Luke 24, 28. And they approached the village where they were going, and Jesus gave the impression that he was going to go farther. And so they strongly urged him, saying, Stay with us. Stay with us. For it's getting towards evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And it came about when he had reclined at the table with them, that he took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he began giving it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished right in front of them, right, right from their sight. They recognized him when they slowed down. This is the key of this message today. Sometimes we need to slow down and realign our lives because we are moving so fast that God, we miss the new roads that God wants to take us down. So let me just go back to those four reasons that I started with with you. We lose our way along the way, okay? Because we're moving so fast. When we're moving fast, we're apt to get receive bad directions from the world around us. It's easier for us to make wrong moral choices. You know, it's easy for us to mix God's direction for us vocationally or business-wise. Or, or more importantly, if we don't slow down spiritually long enough, we won't hear His voice at all. We won't hear that quiet voice of Him speaking, guiding, and directing. I want you to know something here. Jesus understands these roads of life. He knows your hurt. He knows your struggles, your pain, your embarrassment. Because you know why? He's been there. You see, most families keep their family secrets a secret, okay? Most don't talk about their dishonest uncle or their great aunt, you know, who was a prostitute. You know, such stories at family reunions, people generally don't talk about them. That's unless you're Jesus. Jesus displays his failures of his family. Rahab prostitute in Jericho. How about Jacob? Grandpa Jacob was so slippery, slippery enough to have an electric ankle bracelet on him. How about David? He had a personality that was so irregular. One day he's writing a psalm and the other day he's seducing the captain's wife. I mean, entertainment tonight could dig up seasons of gossip on the family. So why did Jesus hang out his family's dirty laundry because your family and my family we have some too maybe it's an uncle with a prison record or maybe it's the dad that never came home or the grandparent who ran away with the co-worker you know there's a phrase i've been there i think that is probably in the chorus of jesus's theme song if you had a theme song i think it would be i've been there to the lonely, can I tell you, Jesus whispers to you, I've been there. To the discouraged, I can tell you, Jesus sighs and just says, I've been there. Friends, Jesus was raised in a nation among oppressed people in an obscure village. He lived in a simple home 
but a single mom. He was an ordinary laborer with ordinary appearance. He understands. Have you ever had so many demands that you can't stop to take lunch? Have you ever had that in your life? I can tell you, Jesus can relate. In Mark 6.30, and Jesus said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a little while. For there are many people coming and going. They didn't even have time to eat. People were coming. Do you have too much email? <laughs> too many calls or texts to make in a day? Jesus has been there. Matthew 15.30, The large crowds came to him, bringing with them those who were limping, had impaired limbs, were blind, or were unable to speak, and many others, and they laid them down at his feet, and he healed them. He understands when it has too much to do in a day. How about family tensions? <laughs> when Jesus' family heard what was happening, going on, they tried to take him home. As a matter of fact, in Mark 3, verse 20, it says, He came home, and the crowd gathered again to such an extent that they could not even eat a meal. And when his own people heard about this, they came out to take custody of him, for they were saying, he's lost his senses. Man, come on, you got to get out of here. You got to take a rest. You got to come home. You got to eat. Have you ever been falsely accused? Enemies called Jesus a wino, a chow hound. The night before his death, Matthew tells us in Matthew 26, he says, now the chief priest and the entire council kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus so they could put him to death. Friends, Jesus has been there. He's been angry enough to chase vendors out of the temple courts. He was hungry enough to eat raw grain. He was distraught enough to weep in public. He was fun-loving enough to be called a drunkard, winsome enough to attract the kids. He was exhausted enough to sleep in a boat in the middle of a storm. He was poor enough to sleep on dirt. He was poor enough to borrow a coin for a teaching illustration. And he was radical enough to get kicked out of town. Yet he was responsible enough to take care of his mother. He was tempted enough to know the smell of Satan. And he was fearful enough to sweat blood. But why? You know, I, why would heaven's son endure earth's toughest pain? Because it's one of my don't miss this. So you and I would know that he is able to run to the cry of those who are being tempted, tested, and tried. Whatever you're facing today, listen, he knows how you feel. When you turn to him for help, can I tell you, he'll run to you to bring help to you. So in close, I'm going to give you one last don't miss this. He's not ashamed of you. He's not confused by you. Your, accent, your actions, don't, they don't baffle him. You know, your tilted halo, it doesn't trouble him. See, you're part of his family. That's why he died for you, and that's why he died for me. He offers you and I the opportunity to walk on the other side of the cross with him. But just like our example, 
of the two men from Emmaus. We need to slow down. As your circumstances start coming around you and they start to overwhelm you, slow down. Look for him. You know where he is, right? He's sitting right across from you. So, Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you so much for the gift of your son, for him to become willing to come into this bodily form, to walk in the life that we had so that he can relate to each and every one of us in every type of circumstance that we deal with. Lord, we ask that uh, you be with those today who are struggling, who are tempted, or just, boy, they're on the wrong road. I don't know how I wound up here. You know, I, I, but this is not where I expected to be. Father, I just ask that through, through you and through the gift of your Holy Spirit, it would help to guide and redirect and realign those that are so desperately need to know the direction that you need to call them in today. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless you all.